what is it that I'm craving? And answering that really honestly. What I often think of like my highest self, the best version of myself, the version of myself that's like truly kind and compassionate and present. Like what what is the ideal here? Like what is it and then what where what is the space between where I am now and where I want to go? And how do I bring that together? I might not have the answer, but maybe I'll have like an understanding of where I can turn to to find out. I'm Krati Mehra and this is Beyond the Goals podcast. It's my attempt to help you revel in all that life has to offer without pressing pause on your hustle. We learn how to create healthier relationships, a healthier lifestyle, a career that brings us true joy and a life that satisfies us on every level. Forget the conventional ideas of success and happiness because we're going to live a life of value and create an impact that speaks to our place in the world. So let's get started. And welcome back to Beyond the Goals. This is episode number 33. And today we are discussing one of my favorite subjects, journaling, and using it as a tool for growth. And today's guest, Katie Dale Bout, actually wrote a book on the subject, Let It Out, A Journey Through Journaling. The book was published in 2016. And during our conversation, Katie shared how she found journaling and how it has helped her become more self-aware and bring more acceptance and balance to her life. We also talked about cultivating deeper friendships that support better emotional health. A little more about our guest, Katie Delbaut is a writer, blogger, speaker, and podcaster. Her weekly interview show that began in 2013 now has over 300 episodes with 4 million downloads. In 2019, she started spiraling a co-hosted show about mental health. She also runs an online workshop for creatives called In Process, leads an online course for independent podcasters, and writes weekly newsletter. Katie has also struggled with body image issues and eating disorders, but through the awareness and acceptance she found through journaling, she has cultivated a happier, healthier life for herself. In this conversation, she shares what her journey has been like and how she became the person she is today, all the tools and exercises that have helped her along the way. So let's dive into this conversation and learn as much as we can from Katie's journey. Thank you for making time for this. Yeah, thanks for having me. I am super thrilled to have you here. Me too. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you. I have read your book, Let It Go. And I know it's been a while since you wrote that book. And I am myself like a massive journaling champion. So I'm always like pushing journaling for people because I, you know, I understand just how beneficial journaling is. So can we just start with what led you to journaling and how your relationship has changed since you wrote that book? Because I know it's been a while. Yeah, that's so nice. Thank you so much. And and I agree. Journaling is um, like such a useful part of my life and, and something that I, you know, still do. And, and a lot of time has, has passed. You're right. Since I, I wrote this book that, you know, you so nicely said it, is um, about journaling and 55 journaling prompts to, you know, for writing for emotional wellness. And I think I start, got wrote the proposal for it when I was 23 and it came out when I was 25. And I got into journaling at the end of college because I was really sad. And I, I think I talk about this in the book of like, I, you know, I was in therapy the, for the first time in my life because of an eating disorder and I got into that. And then because of that, I got into self-help and personal growth, like very young. And I think 
journaling was my first, like, uh, this makes me feel emotional, but it was my first, like, real friendship that I've ever had. And it was, like, becoming friends with myself. And it was the first time I, no one told me to journal. No one, um, like, prescribed that to me. I think I had, like, vaguely heard about Julia Cameron's the artist weighs morning pages. And the first exercise in the book is a nod to that. And based on that, it's called the morning dump. And I I think maybe that's how the seed was planted, but I just was reading every self-help book under the sun at the time. And I was in a bookstore and I had a gift card and I walked out of the self-help section where I was trying to hear how everyone else did things and trying to apply that logic to my life. And I kept doing that over and over again. And, you know, I was also like, it was a different time. And I was 22 and I was trying to figure out like, you know, post-college. And I walked out of the self-help section into the stationery section. I bought this colorful journal that I still have. My dad sent it to me. And it was my first journal. And I just would go to the park that summer and write my true feelings, like my really lofty goals that I would be so embarrassed if anyone saw because then I'd have to be like responsible wanting that yeah and I had these like really dark thoughts too that were like really sad and dark and I also didn't want any to scare anyone with those but I was at least able to be honest with myself you know so I put it all in there and it was the first time I was real with anyone um and then I was able to take some of that vulnerability that honesty that I had with myself in my journal and bring that to conversations and therapy relationships connection and friendship and so now I I still journal every day, like a lot of the day. And I do morning pages most every morning. And I have a document in my computer going at all times that I'm constantly writing in. And some pieces of that like will go in something I write or share or an idea or a list. Um, and sometimes it's just like, like last summer, I was really going through it and I, I was like experiencing an experience that was really confusing and I didn't really have anywhere to go because it was the pandemic and I was talking about it with friends for sure, but I, I just really felt like uncomfortable all the time and I didn't know where to put that and so I journaled a ton on my computer, I just like sit in my computer like writing about my feelings about the situation and I recently looked back on it when I was like on a plane and I read these things I was saying and I was just like some of it was so funny and so heartbreaking like oh I really wish this person would like me or I really hope her and I become friends or like I really hope that you know these like things that happened or didn't happen or I wonder what he thinks of that you know like it was all in there and like I usually don't look back at my journals um but it's it's sometimes it it was cathartic at the time and it was funny a year later to look back and see it and see like, wow, I've changed so much. And also like <laughs> still pretty cool on that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's something that I appreciate about journaling the most because you can actually observe your patterns and you can actually like when people give you feedback, you it immediately if it's negative feedback, it gets your back up and you find it hard to believe. But when you see those things in your journal coming from you, then it's like easier to believe and you'd like have a base to work with. So I think that's something I've always appreciated about journaling. Yeah. Um, so how, like for people who don't do it, but want to start, what is your process of journaling what would, that you would recommend that people follow? Yeah, well, I mean, I think the book 
is for that person, you know, because the book is prompts. And so I think using a prompt is a really good idea. I believe if you ask yourself a good question, you'll often get a good answer from your intuition if you're honest. Um, but you don't really need any of that. I think ultimately to start, it's just like getting a piece of paper and a pen, carving out some time where you can be by yourself or at a coffee shop or in a park or wherever. And be really raw and authentic and real and vulnerable with yourself. And it's it's scary and it feels a bit uncomfortable at first if you haven't done it before because you're like, is someone going to read this? Or sometimes if you're writing for like someone else or or even like write, I, this I get a lot. Now I'm really like I can journal and I know no one's going to read it and I feel really safe. Um, but I probably at the beginning I didn't feel this way and like, my people who start journaling now will, will often say to me, like, I'm writing for my future self. Like, I'm writing for myself in a year to look back on it. And that's why I often say, don't put the pressure on yourself to do that. Like, don't look back on it. But like I said, you know, I just did. And, my, and, and I think seeing your patterns can be good, too. But, you know, I, I think... I think either way, you know, I think you can either like, but, but writing in the moment as if you're going to read it later will mess up writing for just now, you know? So I think try to try to take it out of your mind. Like you're writing for just the moment now and it's going to go away and even throw it away. Sometimes I do that. Like I'll just like get a bunch out in the morning and literally toss it. And that's can be really cathartic too. Yeah, yeah. Like if you've written something, like if you poured out your bitterness against someone, I think I always end up getting rid of those pages because it's like I've I've gotten that poison out of myself and I don't want to hold on to it. So yeah, yeah. That that actually makes a lot of sense. Uh, so like you said, journaling. You became friends with yourself through journaling. So all of that self exploration. Do you? How did you think that benefited your life? I think it. It's made me pretty self-aware. I think if anything, I can be too self-aware, you know? I think I can like know what's going on so much that it's really uncomfortable. And sometimes I wish I was less self-aware. Um, but it's also like you said, it's it's um to your point, it's it definitely allows me to see my blind spots and see where my patterns are especially looking back on it. And, and to be honest, like not even looking back on it, but like what it helps me day to day is it helps me sort out where I'm at. It helps me sort out. I don't know what I'm thinking unless I'm writing. I don't know where I need to focus. I don't know what my feelings are until I start writing them and I get them out of my head onto the page and I can sort through them and be like, okay, this is your anxiety disorder. This sounds like depression this is just like a friend thing you need to have a conversation about. This is a work thing. This is a productivity thing. This is yours. This is someone else's. It like helps me like sort out all of the madness and decide like which voice I want to listen to in like an internal family system sort of a way, which is like a mode of therapy where you let all these different voices speak. Um, and I find that extremely effective. Yeah. And for people like I know after the post the pandemic, like it's not really, we're not really done with the pandemic, but because of the pandemic, I think we are all like questioning how the way we have structured our lives, what we have built it on, what our priorities are. So for someone like that, someone who is on that journey, what is it that you recommend 
that would help people to build to bring more meaning to their day-to-day -day life to bring more meaning to the goals that they have set for themselves to you know generally live a more purposeful and authentic life that's such a great question i mean i think just asking yourself that question of like what is it that i'm craving and answering that really honestly what i often think of like my highest self the best version of myself the version of myself that's like truly kind and compassionate and present like what what is the ideal here like what is it and then what where what is the space between where i am now and where i want to go and how do i bring that together i might not have the answer but maybe i'll have like an understanding of where i can turn to to find out you know Okay, so maybe getting clarity on, you know, your ideal self and how you can get there. Yeah. And when it comes to your professional life and when it comes to your health, because I know that you have struggled with uh, certain health issues as well. And uh, I know that you've had to juggle a lot of balls as well in your professional career. So like on those fronts, what has helped you the most to maintain clarity and to sustain, you know, focus during difficult times? You know, it's different every season of life, you know, like I, I I believe we're always, always in process and like ups and downs, cycles, um, all of it. And, you know, I think a couple of years ago, it was a lot of like being by myself and it was a lot of um, travel was really healing for me. And then it was like a lot of therapy and slowing down. And I think most recently it's been a lot of like self-honesty of like ooh, there's that pattern that keeps coming up again or just really getting clear on like how I work and how I work and don't work best and noticing like my mental health and my um priorities and how I handle distractions and all of that and I think ultimately like the other biggest thing is that is community I think for me and friendship like I have the best group of friends and people around me than I've ever had in my life right now. Um, and I'm really happy to live in California and be in Los Angeles. And I, I didn't mean to move here. It kind of just happened really organically. And I met all of these friends really organically. And I, I feel really secure and good in that. And that is not something I ever could have anticipated or expected. And I think that's why it's so good was because I had really low expectations and I didn't try to force anything. I was really patient. And I, and I think because of the pandemic, honestly, I ended up here with the friends that I did because of like very things out of my control that just happened the way they are. And I feel like I've learned a lot. Um, I also go to Al-Anon and like, that has been helpful, like learning about my codependence and learning about, you know, how I relate to other people and how that can be challenging for me and trying to like, okay, not take that personally. It's not about me. And let's try to not overgive and let's have boundaries. And I'm, I'm really learning that with my interpersonal relationships, which has made them better. And I'm by no means perfect. I have so much to work on, um, especially with that actually. But that's what's helped me most is like being honest with friends. And I also go to therapy and I also, you know, like keep going to Al-Anon and meditate every day. I still meditate every day. I go, I journal every day. Um, I go on a really, really long walk every day, at least once, sometimes twice. Uh, and that helps me a lot. Um, and I don't, do much exercise like outside of that, but I'll walk like 
seven to 10 miles a day. And, you know, that's kind of it. Like I don't do anything else perfectly. I don't like worry about what I'm eating or drinking, drinking, or I, you know, and I go to sleep late sometimes and I wake up early sometimes and I don't really have any like set routines. And I'm sure that stuff could work. But like for me, I've always felt best when I'm looser with things and when I'm really focused with boundaries on, on those things. It's, it's, I feel like we're just, we're here for such a small amount of time. I, I think we should enjoy our lives as much as we can. Right. So maybe like maintaining a, a relaxed pace, but getting like, you are doing the work though. Like even if you keep things at an easier pace, you still do all the work. Like you're still journaling, you still go to therapy, you meditate, you take walks, you're getting proper exercise and sleep. So I think those are like good general tips anyways. And that makes sense to me. Um, so like at, at the very beginning of the interview, you said, Thank you. <laughs> of course, um, you, you shared that journaling was like your first friend. So I'm sensing that at that time, you didn't have the kind of friends you have now. And I know that like, once you've established a place of trust within your journal, I, you know, thoughts just flow and you're able to like create a whole life within that journal that just brings more clarity to the life you're actually living. So how did that translate to better vulnerability or, or did it make the easy, it easy for you to be vulnerable with the people that you then met, you know, and in your journey? Because that's something I think everyone struggles with. Yeah, for sure. That's a really good question. I, I think, you know, it's hard to be vulnerable with people for many reasons, you know, because I, I it's intimate, right? It's intimacy. And I believe that we all want to be seen and loved for who we really are and accepted. However, we also fear that, right? We fear being seen for who we really are, because we're afraid that if someone sees how I really am, then they may not like me, right? And then that's so painful. So I'd rather show this like version of myself that I think is what they want. And then maybe they'll like me and I have to keep that up. Like that's not a good, like even the best case scenario with yeah. isn't great. And I, I've done that. I've tried that. I've been like, oh my God, I really want to be accepted and liked by this person or these people. And you know, this has happened recently with me. And I tried so hard to be accepted and included and liked and that is like very unattractive you know like and it's just not genuine and it's not real and it doesn't work you know or it can work for a period of time and then it's just really exhausting and the relationships and people who just like accept me as I am and I can show up however I am and they love me and accept me and it's great like are always better and so I think it's the same with journaling in the sense of like it's easier to bring journaling is like practice for being real with other people to be real with yourself, you know? And I think it's, it's a little scary because you're like, Oh, I might not like this and I have to see it. And so it's easier to just like make up a version of yourself. That's a bit better. <laughs> um, but I think it's kind of like, I, I feel this way in therapy where I'm like, I'm going to tell her everything because I'm paying for this. And if I like, am not honest, like what is I'm wasting everyone's time, you know? And I, the same in journaling it's like you have to be 100% honest and authentic and when you do that you'll know more about yourself and you don't have to share all of that with other people but you have a better understanding of of what you want to share what you're not ready to share yet 
what is honest, but you're just going to protect and put a mask over and pretend to be a different way for right now. But you have a baseline understanding of like, this is what we're working with right now. Yeah. And it's like for forging deeper connections. What do you think is key here in this, like the scenario that you've built, like people struggling with the facade that they're built and trying to protect themselves through it. So what do you think is key to forge a deeper connection? Because we've already talked about self-exploration and getting to know yourself better and using journaling as a tool to do it. But when it comes to cultivating connections where people actually know who you are, they see you for exactly who you are and you get like something good out of those relationships. So what here, what according to you is really key here? That's a really good question. I mean, yeah, like I said, getting to know yourself is, is a really good first step. And then it's like having patience, like really just having patience and not forcing it. And, and definitely putting yourself out there. Like there's this great line from, from this um, person, Sister Karina Kent has these art rules. And one of them is always be around. And so I really like took that to heart sometimes where I'm like, I'm going to say yes to that thing. I'm going to go to that thing. I'm going to go to that garage sale. I'm going to be friendly. And like, I, that is something that I practice and that has made me a lot of friends. And at the same time, the other end of that is that like understanding that not everyone is for you and you are not for everyone. And that sucks. And that's like a hard reality to face but I think it's true. And I have spent, I think a lot of my karma in this life is like, I've realized that I have a tendency to try to sit with people who don't want to sit with me. You know what I mean? Like I'm trying to fit in with the cool kids and it's not working. And I try harder and that really isn't working. And then I'm like attached to just like, please like me, you know? And that is like, and then it really doesn't work, you know? So anytime when I get too attached now, I'm just like, this is not working. I need to pivot to what is working. And I had an interesting experience with someone who I was doing that with, who I really wanted to feel included by. I had put on a pedestal for whatever reason. I thought that they were special or um, wanted to be part of their world or, or just had an expectation for and, and thought that like, oh, if they like me, then I am okay and safe and um, then that means, you know, I'm good enough, right? If this person I put on a pedestal likes me back, then like, I must be okay. And he actually gave me this advice about friendship, which was, you can't force it. And it takes time. And that's true. Like, that is the most true thing of like, a lot of my friendships here, I've been here a year and a half almost. And a year ago, they weren't what they are now. A year and a half ago, they weren't. I didn't even know some of these people. Um, and sometimes it does happen quick. Like, I think what he says is true and for some people. But I've also, like, met people and, like, hit the ground running and we've gone deep early, especially, I think, with women. And uh, there are other people where it's, like, it's been a real slow burn. And I've had to, like, accept that when I'm trying to go faster. And I think because I host a podcast where we speak vulnerably from, you know, 10 minutes in – I kind of thought I could do that with everyone. And I realized, I realized this while I was traveling that like, not everyone's like that. And in different parts of the world, it's different. And I'm from the Midwest with people who are like, hi, how are you? Very friendly, but like, let's not really talk about our feelings. And I've, I've also met people who are like, dive right in. And, and I've lived in a lot of different places. And I've met people who are like, really different on this spectrum. 
And I think the thing that I have gotten better at recently is reading the room and reading like, okay, this person's really easy with. We see the world very similarly. This person, we're so different and I'm not going to go to them for all of my thoughts and feelings, but I am going to go to them for this like one specific thing. And I'm going to be there for them in this specific way. And I've learned to how to deal with all and, and not how to deal with, but how to like embrace and love all of my different friends for different things. And there are some people I feel just so cozy with and it's so easy. And I know they're the type of people who are going to like take me to the hospital if I need to go to the hospital or take me to the airport. And there are other people that I just would never ask that of them because they're not to do that or I would do that for them or I would drop everything for them and like there are some people who are dependable and there's some people who I can like depend on for a laugh and a really good time and just understanding everyone's love language is is really helpful yeah and takes time and this leads me to asking you this other question like you talked about fitting in and you know trying to force yourself to fit into a situation which is just either you know it's just not right for you or it's just not even healthy for you for that matter. So I think that's something that a lot of us struggle. And it's crazy that there are people who are in their late 30s who will continue to struggle with it. So for, for people like that, like, how do you get, I think self-acceptance would have a lot to do with it. But how do you get past that point and find like a genuine sense of belonging where you belong, but you belong for exactly who you are and not because you're bringing something to the table that you are either uncomfortable bringing or that something that that's just not sustainable. I think you said it. I mean, I think it's self-acceptance for sure. I think if you if you like yourself, your friends are the icing on the cake, people to have fun with, you know, same with romantic relationships, same with collaborations. Like they are, you know, you're not trying to find your validation and the acceptance of another person, you know? And I've spent a lot of time trying to get my validation and the acceptance of other people, but not anymore. And this is like a very recent thing. And I think under having some self-awareness to understand that that's where you are with something is really helpful. Like I, I have this understanding now where I'm like, search for my like safety and security and acceptance and, and self-acceptance in someone else texting me back or liking me back or wanting to be my friend. And now I don't really feel that way anymore because I know I have people who love me and I know that I'm okay. And I mean, this is honestly like very new. I can like see my own growth in this like recently because even a year ago, I was just searching, 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 you know? And I think now I'm like, I have good friends. I have a lot of them in different areas and I feel pretty fine and secure. I, I find, I do find that like when I'm feeling down about myself, knowing that I have friends that love me, well, does help. And I think that that's okay. It's okay to be a little bit dependent on that. It's okay to like, when you're down, think about the people that love you, you know? And I think that's, that is still true. Um, but I'm less like, I am not okay if this person doesn't text me back. Cause I'm like, okay, there's a lot of other people who do. And I, and I do feel this pressure of like, I never want to disappoint my friends or I never want to, you know, I care what they think of me. I care what they think of our friendship. And so I think, you know, that also is okay. But I think, I mean, you, again, I think you really hit the nail on the head when you said that, it's about self-acceptance and it's about managing your expectations of people and knowing that like, that's something I've really worked on of like, I am trying to give 
but not over give. And like, if I just give, 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 then they'll like me back. Then they'll text me back. And you have to have your own boundaries and take care of yourself in friendship in all relationships, because that is your responsibility and your obligation because you set yourself up to be very disappointed if you are wanting someone to, you know, go above and beyond or, or not that it has to be equal, but you're wanting validation or a thank you or whatever. And you're not getting that. It might be because you're wanting it too much. You know what I mean? Like you're, you're hoping for that. And so you're over giving. And I think people can smell that, you know, no one wants, um, people want things to be genuine. And I think people can smell when things aren't genuine. I can, like, I've had people who are like trying too hard with me who want to be friends with me. And it's like, I know what you're doing because I am you and I've been there and I get it and it's okay. And I love it. And it's like, it's totally fine. It's just, we have to, we have a responsibility to take care of ourselves and have boundaries with other people to do that, which I'm still learning. Um, But my friend Noah said this thing to me once about how I was struggling in my friendships and feeling like feeling really overwhelmed by friendships and like, I just had a lot of people around and I couldn't, um, I needed alone time and boundaries. And I just, I was overwhelmed and I was feeling like I wasn't close with anyone, but I like had lots of people texting me, you know? Um, Noah was like, he always centers himself in his friendships and not in a self-centered way, but like he makes them work for him. He'll ask if he wants to go to this new restaurant because he thinks it would be fun and have good food he will say, Hey, do you want to do this thing with me at this time? And not that they'll be able to, but then maybe someone else will, or maybe they'll figure it out. Or maybe if someone of the moment wants to ask him, like I, he's, he's making himself feel like he's part of the group always. Like he's making sure he feels seen and recognized in the way he needs to. And he's like made that his own responsibility. And I, I was just kind of free flowing and not really, getting what I needed from a lot of relationships. And that statement has helped me. Yeah, that makes sense. I usually, you know, like with me, superhero movies, first day, first show is a must. It has to be done. So I usually would just send uh, like this text that, oh, I'm going to be watching this movie at this time, on this day, at this theater. You're welcome to join me if anybody wants to. And if, even if they don't show up, I go, I go by myself. But I think that uh, apart from like the self-awareness piece that you shared and the self-acceptance bit, I think that also like requires for you to know who you are by yourself away from all of your attachments. I think that's very key here. So for like for you, I know that like you've just said that this is something you are still working on. But there is there like a process? Because for me... I, I followed Brené Brown's advice and I like made a list of three people and I'm only allowed to care about the opinions of these three people. And these three people are people who care so deeply about me that if they're saying something, it deserves my attention. I know that for a fact and I never doubt it. So is it like something like that? Have yeah. you ever done that? Yes. I love that Brené Brown thing and I hadn't heard it. So thank you. Um, but similarly, my friend Andre Vermeulen, who's an actress, and she's done my podcast, and she's one of my closest friends, and she gave me this analogy that I think maybe came from a therapist, or I'm not, I'm not sure where this came from, or maybe it's hers, but um, she gives the analogy of a bullseye, so like a big bullseye circle with like 
a bunch of circles, a small circle and a bigger one, a bigger one, a bigger one. And she says that you should have in the center of the circle, the smallest circle, very few people, like probably like Brene Brown, like three people or less. And these are like people that you really care about. It's probably your family. It's probably a romantic partner if you have one of those or like a best friend and that's it. And everyone else in your life, like the majority of the people in your life, all of your acquaintances, all of your like work connection, most people are going to be on the outside farthest ring. And on the like little bit bigger ring the way back are a few more people and then a few more people and a few more people. And like what Brene Brown said, like caring about really you only have the capacity. My grandmother used to say this, you can count your true friends on one hand. Like you can't really like care about and show up for more than five people at once. And I think I do actually have more than five very close friends, but I, I manage that. And I, it over, I feel overwhelmed sometimes. And I, I joke with my friend Leah where sometimes I'm like, I feel like I'm only being a friend and that's all I'm doing sometimes. But right now that works for me and I don't have a kid and I don't have, I have a pretty flexible work schedule and I, my friends are my family right now. Like I, it's, it's okay for me, maybe not forever, but it's fine to have five more in the center bullseye. But the, the reason that this analogy is so good, the bullseye thing is that you have to, you might have to move people out of a certain rings. I've had to do this with people who are like, okay, this person is really disappointing me. I have expectations for them to be in the bullseye and I'm showing up for them like they are in the center of my bullseye and I'm dropping everything and I'm talking out this work thing with them and I'm over here and we're doing this and I'm picking them up or I'm going above and beyond and they're not, I know I'm not in the center ring of their bullseye. And there's a pain to that when that's not reciprocated or it's not working. And so what you have to do is you never tell them this. They never need to know about the bullseye, but you have to just take them from the center of the bullseye and move them out a ring or two or three. And you don't have to break up with them. My friend was like thinking like, I got to break up with this friend. It's like not working for me. And I was like, sure, that happens. And you can do that. And that's a whole nother thing. But why don't you try just managing your expectations and moving them to a different ring of the bullseye and see how that feels. And, you know, I think that that is like the first option. And I've had to do that with people quite a lot. Yeah. yeah. I think communication would also matter. Like if you change your expectations or you change the dynamic at your end, I think you need to let the other person know that this wasn't working for you. I think reciprocity has to be prioritized. And I think it also needs, because I think sometimes people genuinely don't see that they are not giving as much in return. And if after, I think letting them know they don't change their habits, then I think maybe you need to consider whether you need to hold on to that person or you need to let them go. But this this is really good. I think this is really good advice. And uh, I have to, like, uh, there was this one article that I read which talked about how you have friendships. Uh, like, most of your friendships have, uh, have, like, an element to it of element of self-interest. But then there are these friendships that are purely there because the person at the other end of that relationship is just someone so genuinely interesting that all you want to do is hang out with them. And that is the only reason for that friendship to exist i think that's uh, that has you have you noticed that like the, the five people or the more than five people that you were thinking about during this conversation are you friends with those people because of something you get out of it or are they like genuine friendships that are only there because of just how amazing that other person is 
Yeah, I that's send me that article. That sounds really cool. I will. I will definitely. I I think about friendship a lot. I've been thinking about it a lot this year. I think it's really funny and interesting that this is what we're talking about today because I just talked about this with my therapist today, who's a somewhat new therapist, and you know, she was like, "Well, it looks like this one element of your life is really going well, which is friendships and community." And I really prioritized that all of last year to the point where I was learning about myself and how I'm showing up in friendships, making a lot of new friends, prioritizing friendships, like doing all that work and play. Like it was so fun. And I feel genuinely close with a lot of people. And I think to be honest, like my work has probably suffered a little bit. I think I like, I haven't seen my family in like two years. Um, and part of that is like the pandemic, you know what I mean? Like part of like the reason I have my family is like, I don't see them often anyway, but then because of the pandemic, like I really didn't see them often. And like, what else was I doing here with, but other, I wasn't traveling. I wasn't going out. Like I was in this like small pot of people and we got nothing bouncy like a global pandemic. You know what I mean? Like we kind of all <laughs> right, of together. So I think that is maybe part of it. Um, but I think I, I haven't had as good of boundaries with my work and creatively as I as I want to get back to because I've been like, I'm hanging out with this person. I'm going to this like right after this, I have a dinner. And it's like, that's what's working for me right now. And I actually think there is a lot of inspiration and like, you know, there, there are periods in your life to gather and take things in and be out in the world. And there are periods to like go inward and cultivate that and make something. Um but to your point, like, yes, basically most of my friends, I feel that way about, like, I'm sure there's self-interest in some of my friendships of like, for instance, like I, my friend, Dr. Patty, I call her Dr. Patty. She is a doctor, but right. Patty, she, um, we're both like single people and she's a bit older than me. And the other night she like brought over dinner and helped me change my duvet cover on my bed. And that was like really helpful and nice. But like, I also... Patty is so interesting and I love talking to her and I just love her perspective on things. I just want to be around her. My friend Carolina is like such a great example of this. Of like, she's just like my favorite person to hang out with and talk to. And she recommends such great music and podcasts and books. And she's so well read. And I just like want to be around her all the time because she's so interesting and we have such interesting conversations and because we've had so, so many conversations and years of friendship, I know her really well and I know what she likes and what to recommend to her and hopefully delight her. And it's it's really lovely and romantic and friendly and beautiful. And she knows me so well that like today I, I was telling her this, this frustration I had and I was like, I think I'm going to do this and I'm going to send this text this way. And she was like, don't do that. And she could just say that to me. I'm like, I don't think you should do that. And I listened to her. She was right, you know, and very few people could say that to me. And she could say that to me because she knew me. So everybody like has their thing and it's just, it's incredible. I love them all so much. It like hurts. <laughs> yeah, I think that's good to know. And I think it's also very inspiring for people who, you know, have not for the longest time had genuine friendships. It's, it's, uh, it lets you know that, you know, it is possible. It is out there. If you just make yourself available, as you shared, you have to be patient. You have to be, you have to actually put yourself out there and then go out there and, you know, make sure people understand that you're here and you're looking for friendship. I think that's, 
yeah that's great but uh, you know i have to ask like i always find that for me relationships are better when i'm at peace with myself like that always has to be a priority for me and if that's not the case if i'm suddenly chaotic about oh my god this keeps showing up in my behavior and i'm really not okay with this the presence of this element if that ever happens with you or if there's like internal strife in your life how does that impact your relationships or or how do you protect your relationships from getting impacted by that you know my friend Whitney Bell gave me this analogy on my podcast once she said you know we we all i think it, her therapist gave her this and it's we all have so many spoons right so like you know you might have 12 spoons i might have six but we all have a different amount of spoons which is like our energy we have and we wake up with our full 12 spoons but each interaction during the day either takes spoons for a must or gives us spoons so like you have a weird conversation with your boss four spoons gone you have a really great day at work but it was just really exhausting three spoons gone a friend comes over and brings you lunch get more spoons two spoons for you you know and then by the end of the day like you might have all your spoons you might not and you might have planned to like hang out with someone but then I will be like oh I just don't have the spoons for it. And I've given this analogy like my friend Christine and my friend Sophie we use it all the time with each other of like dude I wish I could hang but I just don't have the spoons or like sometimes we'll 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 often use it this way where we'll say like I just don't have the spoons for new people. Like I can't hang with a big group like I could hang with you but like I just I don't so I think managing my energy of like I just don't have it in me today to do that. and then i don't show up and i'm like disappointed i wasn't like as you know talkative or magnetic or helpful as i could have been if i w- would have been my normal self and even sometimes i do show up as like with all my spoons and i still might like be anxious after an interaction um but i think now i i know what my boundaries are and i know like i can show up for this interaction or i really can't tonight and i try to like it goes back to like taking care of yourself in friendship which i think is really important right. but for me really hard because i don't want to disappoint people and the other thing that i'll say is that when i am really down or i am having a hard time or i am spiraling about something else nothing helps me more than helping someone else <laughs> like nothing not even in an altruistic sort of way but like nothing gets me out of my own head by like calling up my friend and being like what's going on with you let me help you let me listen you know and then i'll like listen and be there for them and you know i'm not thinking about my thing you know and that's just nice times um and i know that like and, and i don't do it because of this but i know if i do have a thing or when i do have a thing i'll come to them with that and they'll want to help me too not because i helped them but because it feels good to help each other and they're going to be more comfortable coming to me for help and knowing that that relationship is safe to be vulnerable and say their fears because I've done the same with them and that's that's how friendship works that's what that's why it takes so long to build is because those interactions and learning that and managing that and learning how people are and vulnerable interactions with people take time like they happen over the course of many years you know i'm way closer like carolina is a good example like we've known each other for several years so our relationship's never been closer than it has been this year you know and that's not because of this year but it's because we had like four years before this you know 
Right, of course. This, like, I uh, really liked it, the spoon analogy. And I, I think, yeah, you should definitely, before you, like, wade into deep waters, you should definitely take stock of your, how many spoons you've got, <laughs> just so you don't exhaust yourself. That makes sense. And um, because you really seem to be on this journey, you know, of self-exploration, uh, self-acceptance, self-love. So if there was any lesson in this journey that you have learned, but that you wish you had learned sooner, mm. what would that be? Oh God, so many things. I mean, I, again, like I was just talking with this new therapist of like, I feel like I missed a lot of my twenties because I was so focused on personal growth and self-development and like, you know, eating perfectly and sleeping perfectly. And, you know, and the more I loosened up on all of that, like the better my life got, you know? Um, so, so maybe just like enjoy yourself, like have fun, it's lighter than you think it is. Um, and you know what I would actually say? The thing, and this is what it is. It's someone in Bali gave me this mantra: here, now, in this. Here, now, in this. Like coming back to like, it's just this. It's just this. And like, I my anxiety comes up when I'm thinking about like oh my God, I'm going to be late to that. Or should I say yes to this? Or I'm in an indecision spiral about like, I should do that. No, I shouldn't do that. I should do that. No. Like if I just am right now, like right now in this moment, like I can tell you how I'm like stressed about money or a relationship or someone not texting me back or an email or whatever. It's like, it's all kind of fine. And like in this moment, all that matters is like, I'm talking to you. You seem lovely. You've asked me so many nice questions. I'm in my apartment. It's a million degrees, but I like the heat. Everything's fine, you know? Or I can like tell the story of like, I'm really nervous to go to Michigan next month, or I really have this, or I'm like, you know, whatever it is, I can like make up a story. Or it might not even be made up. It might be true, but it doesn't matter because right now none of that is happening. So if I can just, that's what I would tell myself like, just nurture the garden in front of you instead of thinking about what you're doing now. And I mean, it's like Eckhart Tolle. It's like, be present. It's like Ram Dass, be here now. It's like, it's all the same. Um, and it's really hard. It's so incredibly hard to do. And I forget most of the time, but when I remember, it's great. <laughs> yeah, this is, yeah, this is, I agree with you. This is like uh, something someone once told me, like a mentor told me, because I think I uh, post my struggle with addictions. I got really, really serious about making sure that everything in my life was on a, on like progressing in the right direction. Yeah. So I would always be watching out for what is off. And my, my, this mentor told me that it doesn't always have to be right. And it doesn't always have to function at its best. That's not even possible. And yeah. it is not necessary. <laughs> so yeah, this is, this is really great advice. That's such good advice. Being an addict and like being someone with an addictive personality, I have that too. I think it's very of our nature to want to search for like, am I getting the extremes, right? Like, is it perfectly right or is it perfectly messed up? Or is it like, and really it's like, it's probably somewhere in the middle. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's true for everyone. <laughs> so like, if, are there any resources that you recommend to people that could help them with, you know, their struggles on the things that we've talked about today? Yeah, so like make friends, friendship, prioritize friendship. Right. Um, I think like do whatever it takes to feel good. You know, if it's like watching a movie for you, if it's going on a long walk, if it's speaking up. But I would definitely say journaling 
is a really good resource. I listen to a lot of podcasts. Um, there's so many good ones. Um, I talk to my friends really vulnerably about things. I am constantly reading something or a bunch of things. Um, I, I would recommend walking. I recommend listening to things while you're walking, sending a lot of voice texts. I send a lot of voice texts while I'm walking. Um, and meditating. I meditate every day and that feels correct for me right now. I've gone through periods of my life where I haven't been able to do that. I've gone through periods of my life where I've meditated more. Right now I'm doing it about once a day. Um, yeah. And I should drink more water. Um, <laughs> right. But I'm not great at that. Um, and just be really gentle with yourself. I'd recommend that too. Like what you were, what your mentor said of like, just be kind and gentle with yourself. And like, when you mess up, just like say you're sorry. Um, my friend Lacey Phillips has this line where she says, what you don't own owns you. Yes, that is very true. And I think that's where it's like, just, embrace it like this is what i've got to work with this time around you know that's been helpful yeah, beautiful and i i kind of think that you've already answered this question but if there were just like you were allowed to only give one advice to the world what would that be be gentle with yourself and do whatever it takes to have more fun because why else are we here perfect yeah <laughs> perfect that's that's amazing this has been great thank you so much katie for this conversation thank this so fun thank you so much for having me it was such an honor really happy to be here that was katie dale about if you want to know more about our guest or you want to explore the resources mentioned during the episode the links will be in the episode description if you want to dive into similar content, go to my website, kratimehra.com, and there's a whole bunch of them for you to explore. I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode as much as I enjoyed creating it. Now, I'll be back next week. Till then, please do take care of yourself.